our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Startup, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven, multi-seven figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kilda Sim, how are you? Maya, I am so good. Do you know why? Why? Guys, Maya and I were out for like a snack. We went outside, got some fresh air from the office. We were in like a sort of business district area mm-hmm. and this like lady came up to us and she gave us free food because she was like you know this the deli that we're next to is like closing down for the day they have a few like leftover sandwiches and she gave them to us for free mm. and they're like luck sandwiches too they're like 18 dollars sandwiches yeah and so she said that they do this every week and this was a saturday mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go back there same place same time next week you should and just wait around yeah and see if they've got any free sandwiches. Eye them up, look them in the ice. And then I'll freeze them and then that's lunch for Monday. <laughs> Done. Done. We learn a lot of things in this podcast. We do. But what are we talking about today? So we're doing part two of branding. Now, if you're listening in and you're like, I don't know how to start at all. What's the like process of branding? What do I need to think about? Head back to last week's Girls at Startup episode, have a listen, and then jump in. Today, we're going to be going into signs of good and bad brandings. We're going to be looking at tools on how to get started, marketing techniques. I'm going to share everything I have learned over the last eight years, all the amazing things I've done with branding, all the terrible branding decisions I've made. And now you don't have to make those same mistakes because I've done them for you. Fabulous, Sim. So what are signs of a good and a bad brand? So if you're looking at a brand that you have already or you're about to start a brand, these are some of the things that show that a brand has their stuff together. You want it to be consistent. You do not want that like the, the font that you use on your Instagram needs to be the same font that you have on your newsletter, needs to be the same font that you have on your website. Oh, okay. So this is visually... Visually consistent. consistent. Okay. You want the voice of your brand to be consistent. You don't want to be like, 
after hours girls that invest on social media but then like really polished on the podcast you're like I want it to be similar you want people to be able to no matter what platform they're on whether this is an in-person experience you want people to feel the same way when they go to any McDonald's store in any part of the world you have the same experience like the logo is the same the furniture is the same the colors are the same even though the food is different so like mm. McDonald's India will have like McTikka masala burgers mm. and McDonald's New Zealand will have like an Angus beef burger. But you always know it's McDonald's and you always get the same experience and you feel consistency. Okay. You want that kind of consistency across all the different places that your brand exists. So if someone saw your brand in person, they want to be getting the same feelings as if they saw a newsletter by you or they jumped on your website or they jumped on your social media. Mm, okay. So you don't want an inconsistent brand. Yeah. And that can be visually, that can be through your messaging, that is even in the way that you interact with people and behave as well. That's actually a really good tip because I just thought visually, I didn't think of how you kind of carry yourself as well. And that really helps. The second tip that I find is you don't want your branding to look like it came off Canva. But what if it is? I mean, mine has. <laughs> and, and that's fine. But And what I really mean by that, yes. like if I dive into it, is you don't want your brand to look like... I think that when people start businesses, they almost want to make it look like it's grassroots. They almost want... I think there's like a psychology of like, if I make my brand look like only one person is running it, there's less pressure for me to make this a big thing. If I just make it look like this is just a fun little side hustle, it's nothing that serious, then if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world because it was always like a small business to begin with. Mm -hmm. Treat your brand like it's going to be a seven-figure brand. Mm. Get branding as if this was going to be featured on Forbes one day. Like put in the effort, whether it's you doing it yourself, whether it's you like trying to find inspiration and learning off that, like whatever you do to create branding, we're not making like the cute, branding that gets the job done for a year think five years 10 years long term what is going to be a branding element that i can use forever whether that is the colors the typography the lettering you look a little bit confused yeah because i think when you think okay i want to create a luxury brand and this is just from someone who is starting out i can see that kind of wanting it aesthetically to look really good now and then if that it doesn't look aesthetically really good now then I'm never gonna start how do people on the same hand have a cohesive and polished branding while still you know kind of checking up your deuces to starting is better than not in that case, I would say, like, let's just go through it step by step. So in terms of, if, if that's what you want to do, in terms of font, stick to a safer font. Oh, okay. Don't go eccentric. Don't get cursive font. Stick to something okay. that looks like it's from, like, a normal website. Yeah, not a fluorescent green. In terms of colors, don't go too out there. Like, right, if you okay. want your brand to be something that looks like it's professionally done and you're not sure how to start, don't get too eccentric. That's mm. a really good place to begin. And what I mean by like we don't want it to look like it comes from Canva is basically we don't want it to look super trendy because there's lots of trendy things right now. Like, for example, as we spoke about in the last episode, fluorescent green is very trendy. 
italic fonts are really popular right now. Like, you know, if you like search up any branding Instagram, they've got that sort of thin mm. italic. It's a bit classy. Classy yeah. vibe. That's like, you don't want to look like everyone else, but you don't want to be so eccentric. You want to be in the middle. Okay. And things that are really popular right now are going to get dated. And if you're a new business, you can't afford to rebrand every few you know, years. And so think of something like I have seen some brands that have been so timeless. They have lasted like 10 years mm. as a creator. That's really impressive. And I've seen brands that like update every couple of years because right now they're like neon green. That's not going to last in 10 years time. Mm. Or like right now they're like, they were hot pink, you know, 10 years ago. And I mean, GTI might fall into this issue because we're very pink, but that might, you know, millennial pink is kind of falling out and Gen Z yellow is coming in. Mm. So less is more. Less is more. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that now. The third mistake with branding is making things too crowded. If you have something that is super simple and you're like, oh my God, Sim, it's too simple. I need to like add extra things. I need to add a slogan to the bottom of my logo. I need to add like established 1995. Like you don't need to. Less is more. It is mm-hmm. okay. We live in an era where people don't have a lot of time and energy to be focusing on every little piece and detail. People just want to get an idea of what you do. If you have less for them to look at, but each thing is very intentional and conveys that message, that's going to get someone's short attention span to understand what you do and be more engaged. Mm -hmm. Like if I jump on someone's Instagram and I realize that there are like lots and lots and lots of text on their bio, for example, your bio is still part of your branding. But if I'm reading like paragraphs or like four sentences, I don't want to know. I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. But if in the first sentence you're like, while being with Maya, learn how to improve your well-being one post at a time. I'm like, okay, that's more simple. Mm -hmm. I understand where I'm here. Or like helping you have a more holistic life during a busy nine to five career. Like Mm. that just tells me exactly what it's about. Yeah. Less is more. Perfect. And in terms of visuals, having it a bit more sleek as well. I think like if you sleek and then someone might say, well, what is sleek? How do you define it? Sleek just means there are less things, Mm. but what is there? just looks pretty. You don't have to have lots of stuff to make it pretty. You don't need like a border and little like logos on the corner and then a picture and a sticker. Like just, you don't need arrows pointing to the next carousel. <laughs> like just share what you need to share. Okay. Straight to the point. Like if you look at the girls that invest branding on our Instagram, it is like a pastel colored background and then a white box with curved edges and a tweet in the middle. Mm. that's it and it works and it works like people use our brand as an example of consistent branding because if Mm. you jump on instagram you will see that it's going to be a girls that invest post before you even read who it's by yeah for sure you just know you're like oh that's a girls that invest thing and we don't even have our logo on it it's just it's so consistent and so sleek and so simple and it For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone, and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. 
Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. This works for us. Okay. So don't overthink it. Don't overthink it, which is easier said than done. Yes, but... It's still good to hear, though. Now, the do's of branding, I'm sure you probably want to know. Please. Now, the do's when it comes to branding, I think the first step that really helps is storytelling. Mm. And I know you might be like, Simran, how does a logo tell a story? How does copywriting tell a story? How does an email or a website tell a story? You want someone to be able to recognize, like, okay, this brand is trying to help me do this and this is their unique selling point and what I mean by that is is this a brand that is modern is it exciting is it something that's going to get you like your juices pumping or is this a brand that is going to keep me calm and keep me at peace and I feel very comfortable what is the story behind it because if you can tell a story you can create an emotional connection and that relates back to again we're selling an experience we are offering something that people want we're not offering products Mm. we're not saying hey this backpack is going to be able to fit 20 i don't know liters worth of product like this is an amazing backpack we're going to be like this backpack is going to help you go live that explorer lifestyle that you want Mm. taking it back to the frank green example as well it is portraying the kind of lifestyle that feeling it evokes that feeling absolutely the second thing and probably one of the most important is creating brand trust and credibility you want your brand to be associated with trust more than you want it to be associated with anything else because if you can have a brand especially in a space like money but let's say you have a brand in pharmaceuticals or Mm -hmm. you have a brand in clothing you want to be able to say i trust this brand to not be selling me things that rip me off i trust them to have high quality products or i just trust them to do the right thing like i will buy this and if it breaks or if it's wrong or if something's incorrect i want to be able to trust that i can return this Mm -hmm. and that they can help me and sort me out and that can be done it's not actually the colors it's not the typography it's the attention to detail that brings brand trust if you have a website and it's got typos in it or if you have a website and you click like a link and the link doesn't open Mm. or it says like web page can't be found Um, and Maya's laughing because (laughs) we were testing the girls that invest website today and it happened (laughs) the link didn't work and I was like oh my god this is embarrassing need to fix that like if I was on that website today I'd be like well this brand like couldn't even fix their website how are they gonna help me yeah like it's not a good sign you don't want that you want something to look like there is dedication and team and energy behind the upkeep of the website because like I said how someone does one thing is how they do everything and if they can't take care of the links how are they going to take care of you that's a that's a really good point yeah having that attention to detail the typos is a really good thing I think the last one which can seem quite confusing initially is a brand that can adapt to change and I don't mean like change up your branding I just mean as times move is your brand able to 
just slowly and subtly like change its language? Is it becoming more inclusive? Like we live in a time where you need to be more liquid with the way that you talk about different groups of people. You need to be Mm -hmm. more agile when you speak on experiences that people have, Mm. even like something as simple as accessibility is a huge thing. And you need to like, just you need to be more inclusive. I think inclusivity is something that brands didn't really seem to worry about 10 years ago, even though they should have always. And it's become more like if you are not an inclusive brand and it's 2023, it's embarrassing. Yeah. You need to change. And so that means your branding, your copy, the way you speak needs to change. Like someone told us the other day, they were like, hey, love what you do at Girls Invest. But when you talk, you sometimes like will say like he or she. And that's not really inclusive. Oh, okay. Because you're just assuming that this person that you're talking about, like we do money confessions on Mondays and we'll just be like, this person said or like she said or he said and they're like they're, you know you've got to be a little bit more inclusive than that it's and that was not something that i had ever thought about until it came up but you just have to be open to adapting and going i need to change literally how i talk because mm. this isn't okay yeah which is really important for building that trust for conveying that story that really kind of gets people connected with the brand 100 percent so I have one more part I one more question. What tools do you recommend for creating a brand? I'll be honest, this is not a sponsored episode, but Canva has everything that you need to create a brand. All you need to do is jump on Canva, mm-hmm. right? Make an account, it's free, and then type in branding template in the search button, and they will have ready-made brand templates available where it will show you different types of brands. Some will be like more feminine, some will be more colorful, some will be more like high energy, low energy, some will be more like Gen Z, millennial, whatever you're looking for. And you click on anyone that like you like as a starting point and it will have like colors, it will have fonts. And then if you open like five that you like, mm-hmm. like open up five different brand templates and then just take from them out of the five of them, which is the font that you like best, which is the color combination that you like best, which is the header font and then the small text font that you like. And what is that vibe giving you? And then putting that all together on a new sheet on Canva That is a really, really great way to just have a basic idea of what you want. Canva also has AI generating tools now. So Mm. you can put that together and then say, with AI, can you improve this? And then in terms of copywriting, I use ChatGPT. Okay. And so I wrote down what I thought my brand was. I was like, I want to create a brand that is sassy, that has like a very inclusive experience that's empowering can you write out for me what that would sound like or could you write an email using that voice Mm -hmm. and then based off what the email would say it would be like I once did it and it was like yes queen welcome to girls that invest and I was like that is not us Mm -mm. and I was like can you write that again but make it more friendly and less like high energy yeah and it will write it again and you just keep going until you see something you're happy with But it all really just comes down to even if you find a brand in a different niche that you like, just copy and paste something from their website into ChatGPT and say, using this tone, can you write something similar but about my niche, about my content? And so it can take whatever you're after and then just put it into your own words. Mm. And that's a really helpful tool for 
often you can just be sitting on a blank page and then once you get those ideas that can help you and then you can hone it hone it from there a hundred percent and so those have really just been the grassroots marketing techniques that we've been using in terms of how you can use like your friends and family for existing networks to like help you with your branding i personally have not taken my brand and asked people around me what they thought. Mm. Would you go to an eye doctor to ask questions about your foot pain? No. You don't go to people that don't do branding to ask them about branding because everyone's going to have a different opinion. Like the average person is probably not going to be your target audience. Like my mum is not the GTI target audience. No. My 18-year-old younger brother <laughs> is not going to be someone Certainly not. that listens to the podcast. I don't think he's listened to a podcast in his life. <laughs> like, take it to either the friends that would be in that audience range, yeah. but then also everyone's just going to have a different opinion and you're going to get analysis paralysis. If I took my logo and sent it to five different people, I'd get five different responses. In fact, when I had our cover, like book cover come out. Do you remember when I sent it to yeah. our group chat? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what do you guys think? I sent the book cover to lots of different people and everyone had different opinions. And the only thing that helped is sharing your business branding with people that are in business mm-hmm. or people that do branding professionally. Okay. And that has been really helpful. So in the end with my book branding, I went and trusted the believe it or not, people that like were important in that role, the actual <laughs> publishers that I was wow. working with. And I was like, it's cursive. I was like, Girls Invest is cursive and I don't like it. Like my I, my brand's not cursive. I want it to be block letters. And they were like, no, Simran, trust us. Like every bloody book, it has block letters in their title. We want something different. Yeah. And I was like, I just need to trust the professionals in this. Yep. Even though my friends and family are saying, go for the block letters. And that ended up being the best choice, like listening to the professionals. Yeah. If I had taken my podcast cover art, my logo, the colors of girls that invest to everyone and asked them what they thought, it just wouldn't have worked. And people, when it's your business and your side hustle, how honest are you going to be? Unless you have like a really honest friend that's going to tell you. I'd tell you. You would tell me. Yeah. (laughs) You and Sonia would tell me instantly, but... Yeah, it just comes down to being really aware that you want to ask people, but if you've got a friend with a business, go to business advice for them. If you've got a friend that's kind of good at branding, go to branding okay. for advice with yeah. them. So take it with a grain of salt. A big grain of salt. Yeah. Okay. So I hope this episode has been helpful. I hope you've been able to get a starting point when it comes to mm-hmm. branding and trying to understand how to begin. You do not need $10,000 to begin your branding if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to this episode and gone, this makes absolutely no sense to me. I am so confused. I cannot do this. Then, hey, it's okay to admit that maybe this is not the place that you shine in and you do want to get professional help and you can start putting a little bit of money aside and you can jump on and find a branding person within your budget. There are people in all ranges you can spend ten thousand on branding you can spend five thousand on branding you can spend two hundred dollars on branding but you just got to start somewhere mm. that was really helpful sim thank you all right see you next week Maya. bye bye and as always to finish off with our disclaimer 
Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.